When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. You thought you knew, but you have no idea. It's the urban sports scene. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, myself, Wole, and Ray Jeezy. Had to do this again. All right, what's going on, fellas? Everything is coping. Together, <laughs> it's like a rewind. <laughs> I can't do. I can't do today, bro. Hey, Ray, how are you doing today? <laughs> Brother, I'm excited about the topics that we're going to discuss. Because we just went through a period where it wasn't a whole lot to talk about. The Olympics just weren't the same this past summer. <laughs> hey, yo, this it is feels like deja vu. I know, it right? Feels like we said this all over. I, I know, bro. I was just thinking the same thing. I thought that we just said this. And also, we are part of Amp Pyramedia. You can catch us on Amp Pyramedia at amppyramedia.com. But yeah, Will, to you're right. It's like we did this all over. We did this before. And I am feel like I feel real redundant because I feel like this happened already. But Will, T, what did you think of the Olympics? Did it seem the same to you? It didn't. <laughs> you know, as much as we pay to see these incredible athletes, you know, and pay attention to them, we also want to feel the excitement of the fans in the arena. <laughs> Well, I don't think the Olympics were quite the same without having the fans, without having the fans there because the fans bring a sense of, uh, excitement. And I think, in my opinion, mm-hmm. it helps to further bring out those competitive, that competitiveness in the athletes that are, you know, competing for the pride of their country. Facts. I feel man. like I said that before. I think so. I think, I think you did too, bro. Yeah. Who knows, man? <laughs> it must be some, you know, some maybe another universe. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Like a multiverse. The multiverse. And the multiverse. There yeah, you go. Multiverse. All right, Empire <laughs> Media hosts multiple DMV sports podcast shows, such as the John Con Report, hosted by ESPN Washington Football Team Insider John Con and Jones and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today Insider Mike Jones. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. This show can also Let's be get. found on Podcast DC, the new local app with hundreds of options in local news and health in the DMV region. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire shows as well as other great content. And don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also join our Urban, Scene, Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers, sports podcasters, and sports debates. We'll see. Let's get into our tradition, the pregame. Here's what we have on tap. We'll recap the Washington football team's first preseason game against the New England Patriots and their upcoming preseason game against the Cincinnati Bengals at 830 
48 Minutes Wizards reporter slash editor Chris Kraus will join us to talk about the Washington Wizards summer league play. And at 845, we'll talk about Earl Spence Jr. withdrawing from the Pacquiao fight due to an injury. Uh, but first, in their first preseason game, the Washington football team failed to the New England Patriots 22-13. What were your thoughts on the team's performance? Well, hey, we talk about deja vu. <laughs> Me and you have already kind of discussed this, which yeah. is dope, because now we got a whole new audience and mm-hmm. get to share our point of view. And I'm going to just start. I'm going to be very quick. Mm-hmm. I didn't like the short yardage, mm-hmm. uh, the short yardage offense. If that makes sense, if I'm saying that correctly, mm-hmm. I feel like that first third and one Peyton Barber gets stopped. I think coming out off of last season where that was also a challenge for you, I felt as though they should have picked that up. Their next drive, same thing, third and two. They did not convert. Now, I know I think Humphrey slipped, yeah, slipped. on like an out route. Mm-hmm. But still, I'm wanting to see improvement this season, and I didn't see it in, in spite of all the positives because, of course, the offensive line blocked well. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick got the ball out quickly. The defense started out strong. Deron Payne should have scooped up that phone, or he should just fell on it. That could have gave you a red zone opportunity, which would have, again, uh-huh. gave I, you uh, as coaches or gave the organization a chance to look think, yeah. at their red zone offense. is also an area of struggle. What would you say? Yeah, I think they ruled that an incomplete pass, though, right? Because the arm was going forward. I think they ruled it. An incomplete. It was an incomplete pass? Yeah, they ruled it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a fumble. It was oh, supposed to they ruled well, it. They ruled it an incomplete pass. But it looked uh, like initially that's what it was, but they ruled it an incomplete it pass. It did look like a fumble. Yeah. But he, well, you're right, though. But you're, in, my, but at the end of the day, you're kind of right, though. It, in even, theory. Yeah, in theory, you're right. Like, he should have landed. He just should have laid on the, on, the, on the ball anyway. So, But you're right, though. In the, should have jumped in on it. Yeah. But yeah, I want to see them improve because I know there's a lot of discussion about Dustin Hopkins, and rightfully so. But I feel as though if you finish drives, which this Washington football team didn't do last season, you won't have to worry as much about your, your, your place kicker. Although, <laughs> we already know the extra point is not a gimme no more either. So, <laughs> you, you do have to evaluate the kicker. But my, my point is, that's what I want to see improve. I want to see drives sustained. Third mm-hmm. and one, third and twos. They, they did start out the game running the football and looked pretty good. So I'm not I'm not mad that although the the, the average of the game wasn't yeah. what we would like it to be of uh, 3.9 yards per per carry, but again we're talking about players shuffling in and out. The first unit overall looked good, but you got to improve on short yardage and converting third downs. Will, did you uh, have any thoughts on that? I mean, I, I guess the thing that yeah. I, on, I mean, I guess the thing that I learned was. Um, you guys discussed this previously, so you guys did another <laughs> show without me. I mean, it's the, I mean that's the question. The, it's it's all that the it's, people it's, specifically it's, me want to know. I mean, it's all burgundy and gold. Everything that's the other podcast show, the Fox Show, bro. So yeah, it was already discussed oh, without you, bro. So y'all getting Fox money now? No, we ain't no money. You. you know what I'm saying? We get the notoriety. But go, ahead, bro. Did, did you have something about the first? The first. No. <laughs> I'm just giving you guys a hard time. I know, bro. I'm I'm just going to be honest with you. I I told you, um, first week one of NFL preseason football isn't really my thing. Yeah. Um, I watched, I think, a couple of drives. Uh And I'll tell you what I saw. Uh Um, One, I think that Antonio Gibson is going to have a huge year, just the way that they kind of used him out of the backfield. Yeah. Um, In the passing game. Uh, two, Chase Young, and this is just you know me watching a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chase Young, I think he's gonna um, he's gonna have one of those double digit sack years, one of those years where I think he'll push for upwards of twelve sacks if he stays healthy. Uh-huh. 
Um, and three, one of the things I, I, I kind of, and you can't really tell, right, because it's a preseason game, but, I, you know, I saw a little bit more balance from Scott Turner as a play caller, mm. um, the, the couple of drafts that I saw. So those yeah. are the quick highlights that I got from watching the team's performance. Yeah, I, I think you all are correct uh, in in your analysis of what you saw. Um, for me, um, I was impressed with Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, as a quarterback in terms of anticipation, I thought you know he did a good job, and it seemed like he had a good um had a good had good rapport with Scary Terry. Uh, when you look at the defense, they were flying. Um, I, I was impressed with the defense. To Ray's point, yeah, they didn't finish drives, um, and that's something they didn't do last season. Something you kind of want to see, regardless of what happened. You know, somebody slipping or you know, a running back not picking up one yard. Um, that's something that we did see uh, last season uh, that this team wasn't finishing drives. And that's something you want to see them improve on. But I, I kind of I think that it's something that could be fixed with this regime. Again, this is totally over oh, with this group of, of, of players, because, uh, again, these players are a little bit different from last year's players in terms of uh, the quarterback position, what the, the willingness to, you know, um, you know, uh, go deep and, and extend plays and, and kind of get the big play uh, within the quarterback position. So um, I do think there's a little difference, but to Ray's point, I do agree. Like I didn't really think about it till he said it. Um, yeah. That's a consistent thing. That theme that we saw last season that this team did finish, finish drives, but I thought defensively uh, they were as advertised as what we heard, um, you know, from people reporting in camp, like this defense is flying, flying around They're They're ready. They seem hungry. Um, we saw a lot of we saw a lot of Chase. Chase looks ready. Looks he looks ready to play. Want to see what Montez Sweat and Chase have to do together when they're on the football field together. Um, but again, um, it's just preseason. Um, it's nothing to really kind of get hyped, overly hyped about. To me, that the game is the, the game to be hyped about, or to kind of like get a gauge of where you think this team is going to be at. Will probably be will be the second preseason game. But if you're looking for positives, and we can talk about positives. Um, I think that one, the defense looked as advertised, the first unit, and even in terms of, and Ray mentioned the offensive line, you know, the rookie Cosme, uh, from Texas, uh, initially a lot of folks said he said he was struggling in camp, but, uh, over the, th- towards the end, going towards the first preseason game, they said he started to improve, improve his, his play and he looked good, um, in the game against the New England Patriots. Okay, let me ask you guys. Well, let me ask you guys this: Who stood out last week during week one of the preseason game? Uh, I, I liked uh, the, the kid from here, uh, the, the running back uh, from DC, uh, Jared Patterson, undrafted rookie out of uh, Buffalo. I thought he played well. Ten carries for forty yards. Um, I know people aren't, aren't going to like it. I don't care. But if, you t- if you're talking if you're talking about natural running as a running back, I think he's the best running back, turnabout runner that the Washington football team have on this roster from what I saw. Like he can see, he sees the hole. Um, he's, he's got playmaking ability in terms of making people miss. Um, he's shifty. He just has, he just has that feel as, of a running back. Like he, you know, he's a running back. He's played this position for years um, growing up and whatnot. So he just, he just fits though. He just looks like a, he looks like that dude. He's looked like a dude that's forget the, the draft pick status or, you know, where you coming from or the money amount or whatever. But in terms of just running the football, he looks like the the best running back on the squad. I am going to surprise you with this one. And just by the way, everything that I say about his first preseason performance, I'm primarily focusing in on the first unit. Yeah. 
because these are the guys that, of course, are going to be on the field uh-huh. for week one. And this is what I'm looking at. This week is going to be dope for that. But going back to my point, who stood out to me? Surprisingly, John Bostic. Uh-huh. I think Jamin Davis is motivating this dude, man. With those two guys on the field together and Holcomb, they look like they have decent speed at linebacker. Yeah. They looked as though, as though they could cover, and they looked as though they could play very well in, in, in the run game. So where I'm like, all right, this is the first time I can think of a linebacking core for Washington that had that sideline to sideline speed. The way they, the way they close, I loved it. I, and, I, and John Bosco tackles. He wraps up. Now, he's got to watch the penalties this upcoming season, but that's, that's a whole other discussion. This, this past game, Jamie Davis on the field, I felt as though he looked like a mentor, and I think he looked like a good complimentary piece to hopefully a rising star on defense in Jamie Davis. Man, you like Boston? You like Bostic? Okay. I, I thought he was horrible. For this, for this week? <laughs> I, I thought he was horrible, bro. I did not. Ooh, he was missed a couple. Well, I'm going to say horrible. Horrible is, is, is rough. But horrible he, is, the, is it's, it's rough. I'm, I'm, oh, man. I mean, we, in terms of what? He missed. He had. He missed. The tack, he missed the tackle, missed one in coverage. Um, it, it was a couple plays. I got to go back to my tweets because I was tweeting during the game. Uh, but he had a couple plays in that first that that first drive, the, the second drive with Cam, um, where he had a couple a, a couple plays where I was like, ugh. But uh, I mean, he's again he's serviceable. I mean, he he's a short tackler. I, I get what you're talking about, Ray. But there well, was a couple plays that stood out to me, and he's, and he's got speed. Yeah, more. Yeah. I, I'm not expecting him to come out and not make mistakes in the yeah, first preseason game. Of course, game. bro. Of course. And I, I do believe, though, that this preseason is more important than many others because last season you didn't have this luxury. Mm-hmm. You didn't have the luxury of training camps and mini camps. So you got to use all these reps to prepare for. And, and he looks as though he could he could be good yeah. again along with Jamin Davis. I think a guy pushing you in competition is going to help him. Oh, that, yeah, that's definitely. my thought. Definitely. And maybe maybe Joe Thousand got to me. If I'm being he real. probably did. <laughs> that, he probably did, bro. <laughs> Cause I wish he was I on. I, I hope I hope he was on Twitter, bro. Cause folks was blasting Bostic. They were like, "What the?" Well, that that's because that's preconceived notions, though. Y'all, a lot of you guys are facts. You don't like that's true. His, that's true. His, his play from from the from the past. So you're not gonna give him a clean slate. You're like Hopkins. Hopkins is done, and so many people <laughs> because they were sick of him from last season. You know, if, if you look at certain people like uh, Vic, Vic, he's got a clean slate. It don't even matter what he did in Miami and, and other and, and Tampa and everywhere else he played because he's he's now new. But the people who've been playing and and, and nobody necessarily has been big fans of like yeah. Bostic, you're not gonna give him any love unless he comes out and just plays hey. flat out lights out, which he didn't do. I'm just saying I was impressed with him. That's different from everybody else too. I, I like to be different. But you are guys not. got to me. I ain't gonna lie. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Joe Thaiser got to me. He's a homer, and so am I now. Oh man, <laughs> I ain't messing with you, bro. I am not messing with you. Hey, will anybody stood out to you from what you saw? Would it be just Chase? It would just be Chase. Mm-hmm. That's all. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, I watched. I think four. I think I want to say like three series mm-hmm. like that. No, I'm and, with you. You know, no, he stood out. Chase, Chase stood out. To everybody, like it, it, it was what it was. That but, he looked ready, though. Go ahead, Will. Let me ask you this: because right. of the change and kind of you know going from four games three with preseason, mm-hmm. so should I? Is it rational for me to think that this week two will be kind of the dress rehearsal for um, all NFL teams, and this should be the game? You know, the week that I tune mm-hmm. in to, and get excited about preseason football. I think this it got to be the, the second. It got to be this week. It's got to be um, because you're gonna pretty much, you're gonna rest your players your last game of the season. I mean, last preseason game because you're not gonna you're, because of it, the fear of injury. So 
this got to be the game. So you're probably going to see him play a whole half. Um, some, I mean, some situations because of quarterback competitions, you'll probably see him play a little bit more. Um, but I think, yeah, if you're going to watch football during the preseason because you want to see, you know, the, the the first unit a little bit longer, then I think this is the week to watch it. Okay. Well, I guess I'll get excited and tune in this week. Yeah, man, you see some some tough rookies, shout man. Out, shout out to um, Candy last week. I guess she. She pointed out Cosby was the guy she was looking at. Yeah, she was right. well, yeah. along with the rest of the offensive line. And right. he was blowing Twitter up. Sam Cosby, rookie. Yep. Looks like he's going to be strong and solid. Hopefully he can stay healthy. So just want to give her a shout-out. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. So, guys, we've already discussed the first preseason game. And from what we've seen, was it anything that Washington fans, not us, maybe yeah. Wole, but Washington <laughs> fans, should they be concerned with, about this team moving forward as we prepare for the regular season, man. Ray, I, I was had something else. I was going to think something else, but now since you brought this up, I think you're right. Like not finishing drives, bro. <laughs> I was thinking about something else. I was going to say the kicker, like for real. I was going to say uh, Hopkins, obviously being an issue, but that's easy. I think your point is right. Like it's time to finish drives. I know it's preseason, but you you shown in that game against the Patriots that. Your, your offense was able to move the football, and then you just couldn't finish. So I, I, And you put it in the hands of Hopkins. Hopkins, too, missed a kick, right? So how about finishing the drive? I, I think you're right. That's a good point, man. I think it was a very good point. <laughs> you, well, you're I, concerned I, about I, that? Yeah, I'm concerned about it. I think that's no, a concern. That's a fair concern. That's a fair, uh, that's, I think it's fair. I'm concerned about that. You win football games about finishing drives, not getting three points, about getting seven or eight or whatever folks are getting nowadays. And to piggyback off of that, Wole, um, in order to finish drives, you got to, in short yardage, you got to be able to pick up first down. Uh-huh. So that's yeah. one of the areas for that, you know, if those scenarios pop up um, during week two of the preseason, that's something I'll be tuning into and really focusing on. That's it. Mm. See, right? You just, you just helped us out, right? Cycle, right? Yeah. See, right? Oh, oh, well, you said Washington fans. Listen, um, you help I, me out, I, bro. I, I get. <laughs> I get mixed signals from the fans. You know, obviously I'm following on social media. I'm watching the media. And uh, there seems to be overall a buzz about the team, except for the kicker. Yeah. Everybody is not. They're not feeling them, bro. They're not feeling <laughs> so That's the biggest concern. I'm just going to say, speaking yeah. um, from a fan perspective. Now, you know, me personally watching the team, I've already shared my Wole U second yeah. in that sentiment. And yeah. that's cool. Um, however, Scott Turner is always going to be my concern until always, I see bro. any different. And I'm going to keep on preaching that. Always, every, bro. I ain't trying to say his name. Every show that I'm on. Look, bro, 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 I'm not saying his name. I'm not saying his name that many times. Like Candyman. I don't want to say his name, like, but once. Or, that's it. I'm not I'm not saying his name. He's the man known as the offensive coordinator. So I'm not saying his name. He, he's not getting that from me. Man, yeah. You don't even respect him enough to say his whole name? Yeah, man. It's like Candyman, bro. You know what I'm saying? I want him popping up. You know what I'm saying? So he's like the boogeyman to me, bro, because he's a problem. He's a serious problem. <laughs> I mean, for now, I mean, but, you know, who who knows? I mean, look, Wole, it was his first year on the job as an offensive coordinator. Um, probably a lot of elements of the job he was figuring out. Yeah, that's you nice. Know, Very nice guy. Coming in the, in the year two, you know, yeah. maybe things turn around. Maybe. Maybe it's a whole different scenario. But, but you do know, like, within offensive coordinators, you know, you kind of can get a vibe when you got that guy. You get a vibe. Like something. Like, you get a vibe when you that guy. They're creative. Something about him. 
Um, even if they're year one, you kind of get that vibe. They know they know what they're doing. You're not questioning certain things. You you get the you you get it. Uh, I can't say that you can just get it with Scott Turner. So I mean, you know, I mean, we can treat him. I, I put it like this: the ceiling for Scott Turner to me, we're going to like look at a we're looking at say a prospect. The ceiling is he could be he could be okay. He could be good. He could be good, maybe. We're not going to say he's going to be one of the best play callers in the, in the NFL. I don't think he's that good. I mean, he, I mean, you know, he has the lineage. Maybe went yeah. back to the lab, talked to his father, got some advice, went back and reviewed some game film, looked yeah. at trends <laughs> on offense in the NFL, and he's coming back and maybe, know, man, back, back and better than ever. Maybe, Will T. I love your positive, your positive vibes, man. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to go with that, man. Maybe. I'm going to be positive. Maybe. Who knows? Look at us, man. Look at us being positive. Look at us. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't give me dead air, Will, because you always say dead air. Don't give me dead oh, air. Oh, man. <laughs> All right. My bad. My bad. My bad. Bro, my bad. My bad. The team release running back Lamar Miller and wide receiver Kelvin Harmon. <laughs> Were you surprised by those releases? <laughs> no, I think we all saw these coming. You know, shout out to the guy from another show who was texting me like it was something new. Like he was breaking it. Like he was South He acted like he was breaking it. Hey, yo, I he was like that hours dude. late. He was like four hours late, but I was like, it's all good. So no, it wasn't a surprise. And as a matter of fact, that was the whole purpose of our little text chain was that we expected that Harmon was going to be released. Harmon is healthy now. I think he'll get another shot with another organization. Mm-hmm. Although if he doesn't, I think Washington brings him back. Yeah, I can see that. Where y'all got y'all got other sports text chain? <laughs> Come on, Will. This dude, yo. I do me grieve, bro. Hey, again, all burgundy and gold. We'll see. We'll respond for days anyway. Hey, yo, I ain't messing with Will T, bro. I do me grieve. I ain't messing with Will T, bro. He got the juice out. Um, but nah, I, I wasn't surprised at either. Um, Harmon was a guy that you know saying he's coming off the injury, but I, I agree with uh with Ray if he's gonna if he's gonna be available. Uh, I can see him coming back to this team. Lamar Miller was just a body. Everybody pretty much knew that. Um, somebody was kind of, like, like Ray said, somebody was like boosted by, by, by him calling. I thought everybody called it, but it is what it is. Um, so let's go to, go to Friday. Watch it takes on the Cincinnati Bengals in a dress rehearsal game. Will T's the dress rehearsal game. Um, Bengals QB Joe Burrow is not playing. First off, I'm, I'm just going to fast forward it. Which players need to step up Friday? Uh, uh, Ray, which players need to step up Friday? Okay, so I'm now on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my homie Big Doug. Mm-hmm. He's saying Bostic may not even be on this roster. I asked him a question. I said, "Am I insane for thinking he played halfway decent yeah. as part of like you know a, a faster linebacker yeah. moving forward?" And I guess I'm in the minority, <laughs> the vast minority, like the one percent on this one. So with that being said, I guess Bostic is playing. <laughs> This coming, this coming week. Oh, thank you, desperate. But uh, ahead, bro. Uh, again, I, I think Peyton Barber might be playing for a spot. Yeah. I'm, I'm serious when I see that. When I say that, so Peyton Barber, if you're put in on a short yardage situation, I think he's going to have to to get it done, regardless mm-hmm. of what your blocking scheme is. I mm-hmm. think you're going to have to break some tackles, and you're going to have to show that fight that it got you to this point in your career. Peyton Barber. Had, Pretty good player overall if you look back at his, the entirety of his career. But yeah. I think Peyton Barber definitely he's playing for a spot. And uh, 
I'm gonna go with John Bostic now, even though I I felt like I felt like it was oh, he's, a good he's option a lock, for him bro. playing with Jamin, but he you a, think he's a lock? He a lock. I don't think he can and, cut. And, and, <laughs> Um, you said he's a short tackle. I agree with that, but I guess pass coverage is where you're most concerned about him. Yeah. So we'll we'll go from there because he's going to see more reps. He's going to be on the field longer. Yeah. And the linebacking core was a weakness of this team last season. Again, I'm looking to see improvement in the areas from last year. I, I mentioned short yardage offense, and now I mentioned the linebackers. John Bostic in particular, man. I like you. Hopefully, you step up, my brother. Yeah, I mean, to me, Hopkins needs to step up. Um, Definitely. Uh, I mean, I'm a fan of the kid, but, you know, a, uh, Antonio Gand- Gandy Golden needs to step up. Uh, these are the individuals that need to, you know, play play at a high level. Um, and hopefully they get the opportunity. Well, AGG hopefully gets the opportunity because he will be playing with looks like Kyle Allen will be playing. So they'll have three quarterbacks who can throw the football. So Steven Montez probably will get limited, you know, attempts. So, um, yeah, hopefully like these, these individuals, well, well, these individuals need to step up. So, and Steve, and Steven Sims Jr., all these individuals are competing for a spot. So they got to play at a high level. Uh, my man on Twitter said, uh, uh, she said Dustin Hopkins, AGG, and Antonio Gandy Golden. He said Daryl Roberts and the whole damn linebacking core. <laughs> uh, <laughs> wow! Yeah, man. Folks are like Hopkins. That's what's up, though. Mm-hmm. I like it. I yeah. like the fact that people are reacting that way, even though, again, it was just one game, a few series. But you're trying to see improvement from last season. I love it. Yeah. So, but yeah, it is what it is. About it's like, yeah, we gotta see. They gotta improve, man. It is what it is. They got players that that need to kind of step it up, and hopefully they get it. They get it done. Hey, Ray, can you take us to break, man, because I think our guest is about to show up. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Forty-eight minutes. Chris Krause will update us on the Wizards Summer League play. Wow, what is that update <laughs> after the break? Wizards Summer League talk. This is going to be interesting. You listen to every sports day. On Empire hey. Media. You tell me. Oh, my bad, bro. Sorry. You dig? I'm saying you dig, Will. Mm-hmm. There you go, my man. Appreciate mm-hmm. you. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Ole, part of Ampire Media. Well, right now we have 48 Minutes Washington Wizards reporter slash editor Chris Krause on the line. What's up, Chris, and welcome to the Urban Sports Scene. Hey, what's going on, gentlemen? Thanks for having me. Chris, what's up, man? How you doing? What's going on, Chris? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Well, glad to have you on, Chris. Uh, can, before we uh, get started, can you tell our listeners about 48 Minutes and your role um, with the um, with 48 Minutes? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, 48 Minutes, we're, uh, you know, a, a full-stop basketball site. Um, we have uh, a larger presence in several markets. The Washington area is one of them, and um, myself and my team, we do a pretty good job of uh, trying to cover everything going on with the Wizards. That's dope, man. That's dope. So, Let's get right into it, Will T. Yeah, um, Chris, uh, the Wizards were one and three. They, they ended the, the NBA Summer League with a one and three record. Um, how was the play of rookie Corey Crisper? Crisper, how did he look? Uh, I, I mean, I think I think it was a little bit uneven, but that that was to be expected. Uh, you don't know no, it's. It, it's been a weird year. Like you don't have your normal, uh, you know, allotment of games, and then you, you know how you prepare for the draft was a little bit different. So, um, you know, I was I was expecting kind of, you know, uneven performances from from a lot of players, just or just a little bit of a you know more erratic. But um, I think I think he came into his own, especially in the Bucks game. Um, what, what, what do you guys think? Did you, were you guys impressed at all with the scoring, yes. or are you guys more worried about the defense? Um, when I looked at him. Uh, I mean, I because I, I liked him in Gonzaga. I actually like the draft pick. A lot of people don't, but I actually like the draft pick. Um, I liked his I like his game. I just thought that he was a little bit too tentative for me. Um, I thought to me when I saw the guy, the guy that I saw in Gonzaga, he just didn't think as much. He just played basketball. Um, in the summer league, it was like he was trying to show a lot more. Just didn't try to play. He didn't play to me in his own game. And then sometimes when he was hot, like the, I think one, I want to say his the game before today's game, he was you know shooting. He was hot. And he wasn't shooting enough, in my opinion. So I just think he's trying to find an even flow in the NBA. He's trying to find himself in the NBA right now. Well, yeah, I, I, think that, I, I think didn't sound, yeah. Mm-hmm. Will? No, I was going to say, um, with regards to the pick, I'm, mm, I wasn't necessarily a fan of the pick. I think there were guys who were drafted directly after him, you know, probably the next four out of five picks, who I think would have been a better fit for this team and this team's timeline. Um, I think Corey Chisper is more of a guy who's a specialist on this level. Um, and, you know, if you put him on a, on a team that's, you know, on the cusp of making it to that next level, I think he'll definitely find spots to excel. But when you're drafting a guy like Corey Chisper, I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, 13th overall, there is some type of expectation for him to come in and produce at a higher level relatively quickly um even though you know there was a wholesale change over this roster um i still think there are certain areas that um just drafting a specialist like Corey kisper um doesn't help you in a long in the in a interim or in a long term on this team's um you know on a timeline to this you know they're willing to compete and by compete i mean make it to the second round to the uh eastern conference playoffs mm-hmm. Hey Chris, 
do you believe that CRISPR is more than just a shooter, though? Like, I think he's a phenomenal athlete. Me too. And I think mm-hmm. a shooter is like Garrison Matthews, you know, mm-hmm. who is not the best athlete, but he can he can knock down some open shots within the flow of the offense. But I think CRISPR can get on the open floor. I think he'll dunk. He'll rebound. Mm-hmm. What do you think he brings to the table besides just shooting? I think labeling him just a shooter or specialist is not necessarily fair when he's an exceptional athlete and all-around player. What do you think? Uh, I'm with you there. I, I think I think it'll take a little time, uh, as it normally does, for you know a lot of players to kind of come in and take a role, um, a meaningful mm-hmm. role on, on on what we should have as a as a good team, a team that's uh, a legit playoff contender and and hopefully not a you know not an eighth seed. Hopefully we don't we don't have to deal with any sort of playing concerns <laughs> or, or like anywhere near that. Uh, but but I uh, I mean I, I think I think when you're picking that far down the first and you're and you got a guy like Brad Bradley Beal and you have you know a plan for the off season um, you can go one of two ways you can go get a guy who is hey we know what he's going to give us and I think the the Wizards had had uh, Chris Duarte also high on their their draft board I like uh, him and he is he, he's a guy I think probably should win the top ten just based on you know mm-hmm. you're getting like. Uh, a future starter, probably maybe like a in maybe in the Danny Green mold, but mm-hmm. uh, but you know the ceiling's capped a little bit, and I think I think the ceiling's capped a little bit on on Kispert, but uh, we're going to see that maybe that trajectory of okay, he can be our fifth starter, he can be the guy, um, you know, towards the end of this rookie deal, really making a real big impact as a, a, a as a guy with hopefully Brad there and whoever else he recruits because you know he's already started that process with um you know Spencer and um. You know, you, you can even say Contavious uh, Caldwell Pope as well. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Urban Sports Team, part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. And Chris, we were just talking about off the air how this is one of the most competitive summer summer leagues that we've seen in years. That's just our opinion. I don't know how you feel about that. And I feel like the Wizards were not really mentioned in that discussion. <laughs> they did not play well, considering all the the guys that stepped up. The, the young talent that's coming into this league just looks awesome. And then also Kyrie Walker didn't really get a chance to play, obviously because of COVID. I think that hurt. Like if you saw him in the past, he competed very high in high school against guys like Jalen Green. So overall, what was your feelings on the Wizards and how they fit into what's turned out to be, uh, in our again, our opinion, a great summer league? Yeah, I think they get a little bit of a pass just with the three players getting COVID and then having to bring in new players. And it's like, it seems like, oh, the Wizards again have some sort of like, uh, <laughs> you know, you know beginning of the season tr- tr- uh, troubles. And, uh, you know, they- they're really hoping next year they can just get out the- a clean start and not have any sort of, um, any-, any sort of issues. But, um, yeah, I mean, that- that's not, you know, that- 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 that's neither here nor there when it comes to playing on the court. I mean, you just got to kind of get out there and compete and go to high level. Uh, even if it's not with the players you thought were going to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you can see pieces. I don't think the winning and losing in the summer league is the biggest uh, thing. I mean, only two teams can play in the championship. There is no playoffs. And, mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it, it, for, for the Wizards, it's like, what, what, did you want to go three and one and get one more? You know, like, like what, is, what does that really do for you? <laughs> you feel like you're getting everything around. And, um, but yeah, I mean, like, yeah, we, we would have, we would have took a, a summer league champion and we would have took a, you know, a, a summer league MVP. You know, the, the Wizards are one of, I think, I believe it's five franchises that have two of them with, uh, John Wall and, uh, Glenn Rice Jr. Um, so, I mean, yeah, we, hey, well, you know, kind of take all the awards <laughs> you can, but. <laughs> so the Chris. Kings made the championship, Chris, the Kings, the Sacramento <laughs> Kings. <laughs> 
That's crazy. So, so hey, quick. The, the, the banner makers in Sacramento are going to get paid. <laughs> So, hey, I love to talk at you, baby. Uh, hey, Chris. Who, so, who? I mean, to Ray, to Ray, like Ray mentioned, we we all had a discussion about summer league and be, how it is, how it's been so competitive. So, who's been your favorite summer league player? It doesn't have to be with the Wizards. Period. That you've enjoyed watching. Yeah, I'll go non Wizards. I'll go. I'll go. Uh, Paul Reed out of Philly. Um, I've also mm. been covering some of their games. Mm. You know, uh, like uh, c- catching the post games, you know, like talking with them on the Zoom and. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Reed is going to be something now. He's he's still raw, like he still has a lot of things like footwork and like you know just like different stuff. He's probably not big enough to play the five long term, but I, I think he can play you know a backup five. Um, but he yeah he's been like he's been fantastic, bringing energy and just just doing something which is I, I think it's a little bit harder for centers to thrive in in summer league, which uh-huh. is part of the reason I'm I'm not too worried about Evan Mobley. Mm, uh, good point. But yeah. just just the game is is like you know like there's a lot of smaller guys out there and you know like you like people are just spreading them out and like like for example the Wizards are like letting Isaiah Todd just you know like have as many threes as he wants just to see <laughs> how how that feels and stuff. Yeah. And uh, it, it it can be hard defending in space and and everything. So um, but yeah, but I think I think Paul Reed has, has just done phenomenal job um, even with those caveats. I I would I would be ignorant if I didn't ask you since you do cover the the Sixers Embiid's contract. What was your thoughts on Embiid getting a four year major max deal? I think I I think it's good for him. I mean I think at this point like you're like in his first contract there was a lot of injury um, offset language like you know if you miss a certain game they could void x x number of years and x number of dollars. Um, there isn't that there, so that shows that shows the team has confidence in in in, in Joel. And I think I think with having now six years left on instead of having two years left, um, there is no more talk of of Joel going to the Knicks. <laughs> you know, like like, and I don't know that that played a big role, but yeah, he's he's Philadelphia's anchor, and you know, any talk of uh, oh well, you know, what what if the Knicks get um, uh, Damian Lillard and then they can recruit? And uh, yeah, okay, all right, well we're we're, we're going to be in Philadelphia. <laughs> Chris, I'm hearing Damian Lillard has some interest in Philly, and there's some Ben Simmons talk around, you know, Portland. Any any team, uh, <laughs> I guess, moving ahead with that? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I think it could happen. I, mm. I think everybody wants everything now in life today, and they wanted it yesterday, and then, so they're yeah. not going to wait for it tomorrow. <laughs> Uh, Philly's just got to wait. Uh, you know, cause, cause it's, it's Lillard and it's Beal, and we know Beal's not going anywhere. So it's 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 in who is the next star to come out and, and say, hey, I want to I want to trade, and then Daryl is right there, ready with Ben Simmons um, as really a, like one of the top prospects that's going to be on the market if you if you are going to rebuild from a star. Uh, but yeah, I don't I don't think it's going to happen now, and I think I think. I think Ben could be there. Like, like, I, like I'm hearing different things, but I, I think he's going to be there through the end, through the beginning of the season, uh-huh. and mm-hmm. maybe even closer to the trade deadline than anyone wants to admit. Uh-huh. So, so if Ben gets a jumper, they'll probably keep him, right? Or what? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think he's going to try. I, I think that's a, you know, he he's, I, he has shot well in pregame, so I, so I think there is something there. Uh-huh. Uh, but that's you know, hey, we don't. 
you know, I, I can talk about how I shoot well in the in the, uh, <laughs> in, 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 the in the courts of Northern um, Virginia or whatever. <laughs> like, it doesn't matter. Like it's just like it's not on an NBA court. <laughs> I know that's yeah, right. Wole, Wole smacking boys in layup lines. Hey. But you get to the game and, he, and his knees freeze up. So yeah, I hate the, you. The warm-ups don't mean a whole lot. Bro. I hate you, bro. I hate but, you. But in all seriousness, Chris, Ben Simmons, he has a good-looking form. Like, his shot looks good. Oh, it's just a mental thing, really. That's how I, I – I, yeah, I think that's part of it. Um, and I, I think I, I think with Ben, if he can get to the hoop so easily that he just kind of shifts in the gear and just does that. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, it's it's going to take some sort of uh, it's going to take some coaching. Sam Cassell, um, you know, if you if he's back there and everything, it's going to be it's going to be a project. And you know, um, I think that I, I think that there's hope that it will it will progress. Um, and he's definitely got the skill set to do it. I, I'm 100 with you there. Thank definitely, Chris. Man, thanks for being on. This has been dope. Um, how can our listeners catch you on social media, and how can they uh, take a look at your content? Yeah, sure. Uh, so you can check out 48minutes.com. I mean, we have, uh, we have so much content on the Wizards. We cover, we cover the Sixers as well in depth. And uh, you can catch me on Twitter at NBA Craft. That's N-B-A-C-R-O-U-S-E. Well, thanks, Chris. We appreciate you being on. You have a good one. Hopefully we'll have you on again during, during the actual NBA season. Oh, uh, yeah. Th- thanks for having me. It was a blast. Thank you so much. Hey, cool stuff. Appreciate you, Chris. Appreciate All right, fellas. Um, after the break, we'll discuss Manny Pacquiao. Um, he was supposed to fight um, Spent. The mm-hmm. fight won't happen August 21st <laughs> due to an injury. We'll discuss this after the break. It's the Urban Sports Scene. For ages. You dig? Doses. On Ampire Media. On Ampire Media. <laughs> AmpireMedia.com. <laughs> You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, Ray Jeezy, and myself, Wole, part of Ampire Media, ampiremedia.com. Ray Jeezy? I thought it was on you, my dude, my bad. <laughs> Errol Spence Jr. <laughs> of course, he was forced to withdraw from his plan, WBC, and I'd be a welterweight title defense against Manny Pacquiao due to an eye injury. So now... This coming Saturday, Pacquiao will fight WBA welterweight champion Yodonis Ugas. What were you thinking when you first heard the news? Will, I know you're going first, but I was mad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, was, I, I was disappointed, right? Um, because, you know, I, I was, you know, as I've said many times on this podcast, you know, 
boxing has missed out on great opportunities to uh-huh. have those events this summer, right? Uh-huh. By those events, I mean fights that um, pop that kind of uh, transition over into the realm of pop culture and get the masses to pay attention to it, right? Uh-huh. Um, that hasn't happened, and it won't happen with Pacquiao versus uh, Yuva. But understanding that, you know, Errol Spence Jr., he had a detached retina. Um, my, I guess my emotions shift from being disappointed to a concern, mm-hmm. right? That That's one of those injuries that we've seen have uh, led to, bo- to boxers retiring, yeah. right? And, mm-hmm. you know, it's one of those injuries that, you know, if hit hard enough, a boxer can sustain uh, permanent damage to their to their sight. So, um, you know, I was disappointed at first, but you know, my my now my emotions are more on the side of you know get better, Errol Spence, and you know take as much time you need to uh-huh. recover from the surgery, and hopefully you're able to make it back and you know have a um, the same level of productivity in the ring that you had previously. Was this from the accident? I'm trying to. Where did this no, come? Uh, okay. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. Um, my, from my understanding is he, you know, he had uh, one of his, I, I believe, 30-day check-in um, medical examinations by the Las Vegas Boxing Commission, uh-huh. and there was a determination that he had a uh, detached retina. Uh-huh. Um, you know, he 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 he's um, boxed after the accident. We yeah. know that. So yeah. I don't know if it's something that happened. You know, if the accident happened and then. He did. He sustained further damage about mm-hmm. um, after the fight, or was it something that he just got hit um, with a punch during training camp? So you know, a lot of detail wasn't given. Ray, hmm. what you, you, you about to say, Ray? You was about to say something? Well, I, I was just going to say I was. I mean, of course, I was disappointed. Not in the fact that you know Errol Spence was pulling out. You got to do what you got to do, and the detached retina is no joke. Mm-hmm. So I agree with everything Will just said. But it's just, it was another blow for boxing. Yeah. We already had Fury and Wilder be postponed. We had um, Teofimo Lopez and Cambosis fight postponed. Boxing cannot afford th- these types of incidents because the fan base is already, in my opinion, is starting to decrease. Many are, are focused on UFC. And to have this was just bad timing. And it's unfortunate, but it's a real issue. Ugas is a good opponent. I still think the pay-per-view vibes will be halfway decent, but it won't be what it was, you know, in terms of Errol Spence numbers. So that that's going to suck. I wouldn't be shocked if it does not hit 500,000 pay-per-view vibes. I think Errol Spence, Manny Pacquiao was guaranteed to at least get to that number. So now it's, it's a loss. It's a loss for a guy like Al Heyman. And for Al Heyman, he has to land this Caleb Plant-Canelo fight moving forward. He has to. Well, that – well – a couple things. Um, mm-hmm. One, they um, they made an announcement that the Caleb Plant and uh, Canelo fight that's been signed and it's going to be in November of this year. For real? Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Nice. Two. Um, I five hundred thousand. I think they'll be lucky if they make a hundred fifty thousand. Um, mm-hmm. this fight. I just don't. You know. Even though we all know that Manny Pacquiao was legendary, he's one of the great, you know, eight times, yeah. eight division um, champions, one of the greatest fighters of this era, and you know, and it's a draw in all of boxing, mm-hmm. in the history of boxing, a major 
a major draw, done great in pay-per-view fights. Mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, I, I just don't see the anticipation of, mm-hmm. you know, people yeah. get excited to fight for him to come back after a year, mm-hmm. a year plus out of the ring to fight. Um, your de- your darn your Dennis Uga Uga, um, you know, even though Uga <coughs> is a, um, you know. A Cuban fighter. We mm-hmm. all know of that um, skilled you know, fighters from Cuba who 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 historically have been great, phenomenal, phenomenal fighters. Mm-hmm. I just don't, you know, Ugas doesn't just doesn't have the the hype around him, or he doesn't have the story around him. And you know, I don't necessarily think it's going to, you know, they'll be lucky to do 150 150k pay per view buy. It's mm-hmm. going it's going to be t- thing, yeah, it's going to be tough because you you're, you're basically banking on just the, the Manny Pacquiao train, right? Uh, because you didn't you didn't get any time to build a story. You can't build a story in like a couple of weeks. He's basically the feeling. So it's going to be hard to I mean, basically, it's all going to be predicated on Manny Pacquiao. No, no knock on Ugas, but I'm you guys, but it's going to be predicated on what Manny Pacquiao is going to bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? So not just Manny. It's, it's not just Manny Pacquiao. It's a Manny Pacquiao that hasn't fought. Yeah, in agreed. I I, I agree. Yeah. And you're not even getting right. that. Um, yeah, I'm with you. Like you're not even getting the normal Manny Pacquiao moment, momentum train, right? Will like you know coming yeah, off of it. If, if yeah. No, go ahead. Be oh, my, my bad. Don't mean to cut you off. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be something different if Manny Pacquiao fought in uh, <coughs> March of this year, uh-huh. or excuse me, or February or January of this year. He mm-hmm. looked phenomenal. Uh huh during that fight, right? Yeah. At least you get that build up where, you know, he, he's coming off of a fight within 2021 and he looks phenomenal and you want to see him and, you know, and you anticipate to see him uh, have fighting Spence and, you know, you can get away with that disappointment of him not fighting Spence because, mm. you know, he looked phenomenal earlier this year but this is a guy who hasn't fought in a year plus. Mm-hmm. You don't know what type of Manny Pacquiao he get. Yeah. And you're not gonna get the the people ain't excited for Ugas. I mean, it is what it is. They're gonna be excited for him. They're gonna, it's gonna be like, all right. And I'm talking about like the the non boxing fan, because that's what helps you know cultivate this money spending you know money spending environment to to increase pay per view buys or whatnot. So it's it's tough, bro. It is. It's tough. I, it, it is because and I feel bad for Earl because this could have been such a money. This is this is gonna put him on a different tax bracket. You know what I'm saying? Like this fight. Uh, not only that, put him on a different tax bracket. It would have put him from a, you know, from a name recognition. Yeah. Right. Within, you know, fat, people who are not necessarily fans of the sport. Exactly. Yeah. They're people who have a, a emotional attachment to Manny Pacquiao fights from his fights from the, you know, the 2000 and mm-hmm. 2010. Um, so you could have tapped into some of that fan base, picked up some of those fans. Mm-hmm. But you know, without him, you know, not having uh, with that injury, you know, him missing out on an opportunity to fight Manny Pacquiao, you know, I think it's kind of a, a slight blow to him building up that level of popularity mm-hmm. um, and becoming, you know, a household name. So, so I got a quick question. Go, go, go right. Good Just job. real quick. What do y'all think the pay-per-view numbers would have been if Errol was able oh, to, to It would have been insane. It would have been insane, bro. It would have been insane. 150,000? No, I think they would have done half a million. I think it would have been That's what insane. I thought, 500,000. Yeah. I think easily would have been five. Easily, though. Easily. Yeah. You know. Okay. You had people traveling to Vegas for this fight. Like, Al, I mean, my brother was traveling for this for that fight. Like, you got folks ready for that fight, bro. Like, it would have easily done well. And it's in Vegas. It would have easily done well. Probably would have been the biggest fight 
we've I mean in terms of money, I mean in terms of pay per view buy, we've seen in a while. Like because you're getting like Will said, you're getting one, it's Earl Spence. It's a guy that's kinda on the cusp of being known in terms of like the non boxing fan. And you know, some of the non boxing fans know him, but he's on the cusp of being a, a household name. And then you're fighting Manny Pacquiao, a household name who people just buy pay per view just to buy pay per view. So you're you're gonna like Will said, you're gonna get his fans seeing this this up and coming, this this budding star. It it would have been crazy, bro. It would have been crazy. So like it's an opportunity, like, and, and like with Will mentioned, like this summer we've missed out on so many major fights, and you too, Ray, you mentioned it too, on so many major fights um, that could have really like changed the landscape and the momentum of boxing. And now everything got pushed, has gotten well, has been has been canceled or been pushed back. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, these last last three, you know, you know, last three months of the year, we'll get some extremely competitive and explosive boxing matches. Mm-hmm. You know, Hopefully. Um, barring any more delays or, or cancellations. Yeah. I, I'm hey, Will. Mm-hmm. Real, yeah. real quick, uh, Shakur Stevenson tweeted out yesterday. He said he will fight Gary Russell Jr. He said, Gary Russell just be talking. What do you think about a, a possible matchup at 130 between those two? That's the that's the ultimate. I, I mean, in, in boxing, you know, I, I know that... Uh, Gary Russell Jr. will probably take offense to this, but that, that would be the ultimate like gatekeeper fight for Shakur Stevenson, right? Because you have a guy, Gary Russell Jr., who's an established champ, um, a little bit older, versus the next perceived up-and-coming star in boxing. Um, and Shakur Stevenson, you know, I think Shakur Stevenson is going to have a, a hell of a um, time. Not a hell of a time, but he he has a he's definitely facing his greatest step up in com- competition with um with herring um i believe that's that fight's been signed for october um but i think look i i think that would be an excellent fight um for both you know if if we were to see a gary russell jr versus uh shakur stevenson fight i think that would be an amazing fight um you know shakur stevenson's defensive ability gary russell jr's um hand speed and his quickness um and flexibility um, and footwork in the ring versus, you know, Shakur Stevenson's defense, defense, and both guys are, um, especially Gary Russell Jr., he's definitely known to let his hands go. A great fight. Um, I probably give the slight edge to Gary Russell Jr. just because I think the later that fight would go on into the, um, with being the championship round, uh-huh. Gary Russell Jr. would, would have the, uh, ring generalship and, act, and ring acumen. To uh, to to outpoint Shakur Stevenson. Mm. That's just my personal opinion. So real quick before we, we end the show off, uh, do you think we're going back to Pac Man? Do you think that this would be back Pac Man's last fight? Um, and if not, who would he fight next? No, absolutely not. Okay. I don't think this is his last fight. Um, just because um, simply, you know, if he wins, I don't think this is his last fight because of the level of competition. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um. If Manny Pacquiao, he's one of those guys, to me, if he's going to go out, he's going to go out getting a big payday. Mm. And it's going to be against a big-name opponent. opponent. Um, and unless you guys comes in and um, totally shocks the world and beats Manny Pacquiao, I don't think this is his last uh, fight. I think you could potentially see him say, hey, give me Bud Crawford, depending on you know how Manny Pacquiao feels and looks mm. in the ring on Saturday. 
Sounds good. Sounds good. All right, time to wrap the show up. Hey, subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook Facebook page. Check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, Ampire Media at AmpireMedia.com. And this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast DC app to hear all the Empire Media shows as well as other great content hey thank you all for listening to the show you know we appreciate you you've been listening to the urban sports scene the ages yeah dig Deuces. hey mega lead us out big homie